This is the Crypto Creatures Podcast. I am Brian, and with me as always is my co-host Todd. What's going on, buddy? Man, how you doing today? Fantastic. Me too, even though with all this snow and, and cold weather. I know, I'm over winter. It needs to go away now. Yeah, me too. Hey, I was going to ask you, who are you rooting for for the Super Bowl? You got a team? Do you care either way? Uh, I don't really care either way, but I don't want the Rams to win it. Thank no? I'd like to see the Bengals and Joe Burrow do it, huh? Yeah, yeah. My son seems to like the Bengals, so cool. we'll go that way. Right. So today, uh, Brian, we do not have a guest today. Uh, that's by choice, oh. uh, actually. We decided to talk about, as you know, uh, do another missing episode. Right. It's been a while since we've done one of those, and <laughs> people seem to like them. So we're gonna we're gonna continue on with it. Yeah. Uh, our format and our thought is, you know, we're gonna do some episodes on missing people. Some people were never discovered. Uh, never found some people parts of them have found or were discovered but their circumstances are very strange very unusual and they don't fit any kind of normal pattern uh where they were proven to be by people yeah or they were the mystery was wasn't solved they didn't say for sure what happened to these people they don't know yeah no cause of death no right So there's just a lot of strange circumstances that fall into these um, missing episodes that we do. And the reason we're into it is because we do like the the suspenseful kind of things. But we also a little bit allude to the fact that there's some things out there in the woods that people just don't know about. And these things or whatever's out there could be causing these people's demise. We're not saying that's 100% true, but you've got to consider it a little bit based on the circumstances of these people's disappearance. Yeah, and we're not... We're not doing these to uh, try and prove anything. We're just trying to, you know, get you guys thinking and maybe right. start a little conversation and maybe and, lead to uh, something, right? Yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, how cool would it be if we did a missing episode and some people started talking about it on our Facebook or group page or whatever, listening to it and kind of had some ideas or turned on to something where this could, these could be solved? Now that would be cool, right? Obviously, That'd be awesome. But uh, yeah. we're not trying to play detective here. And say this is what happened. That's what happened. We're just going to talk about it and theorize about it. And right, and we're just going to present the evidence as we know it. So today we're going to talk about Dr. James McGrogan. Dr. James McGrogan uh, actually was a doctor in Chesterton, Indiana, Brian, which is close to us. Believe it or not, I believe. Well, he was going to be. He was going to be working yeah, to be a doctor. He just he just taken the job. Okay. Gotcha. In Indiana. He was in Colorado. Dr. James and his bud, a couple buddies, uh, don't have their names. I didn't get their names either, but there were three of them and him. So there were four of them. Okay. Uh, they go out to Vail, Colorado to do some skiing and some hiking. So people know what I've heard about uh, Dr. James is, we'll just call him James. Uh, he was an avid outdoorsman. He was in great shape. He was 39 years old, probably the best shape of his life. I was, mm-hmm. I, these guys were saying, uh, so. He had done some marathon running, so he was in, he was in good shape. Uh, he was more gung-ho into this than, than I think his, um, his buddies were. So basically what happened was they went and rented, I think, I think they rented these things called split boards. I was, split board, yeah. and I didn't know it's what a, that was. It's like a snowboard that splits into two so you can like ski. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Cross-country ski. That's pretty cool. But yeah, so they were in Eagle County, Colorado. On a heavily trafficked trail, their plan was to hike out of this um, area they were at, this um, resort, and hike to this place called Iceman Hut. Right. Which is a cabin. These guys all took off. 
um, did their thing. They were all staying together, and they decided, the other three guys decided, hey, we need to take a break. We're out of breath. We want to rest a minute. Dr. James says, you know what? I'm going to keep pushing on because I'm in shape. I want to make this a workout. I don't want to stop and rest, keep my heart rate up, whatever his reason was, and he went on. Right. So he said, I will meet you guys at that cabin. Yeah, he was going to meet them at the Iceman Hut was the plan. He trudges on. They stay there, take their break. They go on to the next meeting point. I guess there was another spot, a resting spot before the hut, and he's not there. So they just assume that he's he's trekked on to the hut. That he went on all the way. Uh, I don't know if they could tell by footprints. I, I heard that this trail was was heavily groomed. It was mm-hmm. in good shape. It was um, it, hard it was to heavily heavily packed down because it was you know well used. And to lose the trail was almost impossible. They were right. saying because it's just so obvious and so so well groomed. I don't know if James knew this area or had hiked this area before. I don't believe he had. Uh, nonetheless, the weird thing about it. Uh, well, well, we'll talk about that in a minute. But the guys get onto Iceman Hut, and there's no James there. Right. So they don't know at this point where he's at. I think they try calling him. The guy has a cell phone. And cell phone. He had a. I think he had a GPS too. He had a GPS. Yes. He had. He had a survival kit with. I mean, him. he was packed. He was yeah. loaded. He had safety. He had first aid stuff. He had food. He had water. He had. Another blanket, I think they said he had in there. Yeah, he was he, ready. I mean, he was loaded. He was well prepared for sure. He had everything he needed. He had water. I don't believe he had a weapon on him. I'm sure he had a knife or something like that. Yeah, I don't think he had a gun. So the guys get to Iceman Hut. James isn't there. What's going on? They try calling him. No answer. So I think they waited a little bit. I don't know how long they waited before they, they got a search party out, but I think they obviously they had to wait. Like, I think it was a couple hours. One, I think one of the guys headed back down the mountain. Oh, did he? Okay. So they, they start a search party. The guy had operational GPS survival kit. He had taken yeah. survival courses, I guess, too. Um, that's how avid he was about being out in the woods and all this stuff. You know, he was, a, he was a gung-ho outdoorsman. They start searching for him. I guess there was helicopters out there looking. Um, dogs were out there looking. Yeah, they had the whole, whole kit kaboom. I don't believe they brought in um, National Guard or anything like that. I don't think so. I think it was all pretty much local. Searchers. What happened to James? Where is he at? You know, this guy just disappears. So they search for like five days for this guy. Right. And nothing. Like no no footprints really. Uh, I don't know. I guess it's probably snowing and and any kind of prints that would have been left would have been covered up quickly. Yeah, they'd have been gone. Or the wind blowing would have blown it. So forget that method. So they search for him for five days and they can't find the dude. They call his cell phone. No answer. Right. Uh, I think they tried to, I don't know if they could ping his GPS or not. Maybe they couldn't. Obviously, they couldn't. Or they probably would have found him at that point. Mm-hmm. But, you know, here this guy is, an avid outdoorsman, gung-ho, survivalist kind of guy, a doctor, a smart man. Mm-hmm. And he just disappears out there, outside of Colorado, right. with everything on him. Yeah, with everything needed to survive. Now, <laughs> you know, had he lost this stuff? Early on and got disoriented and away from himself and not had his gear with him, I get it 100%. But that's not what happened. Right. They found this guy. They found remains of this guy. They did find him 20 mm-hmm. days later, right? Four and a half miles away from where he was last seen. 
as the crow flies four and a half miles. Well, I think they were saying the terrain that he had to go up and down, he would have probably walked more like 15, yeah, 16 I, miles. I, yeah, I wrote it down. It was, um, first of all, he had to have gone off trail and gone straight up 1,296 feet. That's the first thing he would have had to do. Then he would have had to made a thousand foot descent to the valley where Middle Creek is. So he had to cross the creek and then go up another uh, 1,130 feet about to the top of Mount Baldy and then go down from there on the other side. And that's where they found him. And that's where they found him. Yeah. The, and the weird thing is they had searched that area, I guess, where they found him earlier that that week or that those five-day period. Uh, searchers had said they searched that area and they didn't, he wasn't mm-hmm. there. Yep. He was not there when they looked there. Uh, the weird thing is, like you said, how does a human body kind of go through that kind of terrain in that kind of weather and make it that far without freezing, succumbing to the weather, all that stuff? And why? Why would he decide to go up a mountain, down a mountain, up another mountain, and then kind of into a ravine or whatever it was? Thousands of feet. Thousands of feet tall. The guy's got a GPS on him. So when they find the guy. A cell phone. Yeah. When, when they, they found him, the area they found him in had cell phone service. Yes. Cell phone service. He had a cell phone with a backup battery. I guess they put the battery in that phone and it turned on and it, he could have he could have made a call from there. Yeah. He had a GPS on him. That worked. Mm-hmm. I think he had a helmet on. He had a helmet. But he didn't have any boots. Nope. I think his boots were gone, his coat was gone, and he didn't have any gloves when they found okay. him. He had major head trauma, but yet he had a helmet on. But he had a helmet. He had a broken femur, which is the biggest bone in the body, which is the hardest bone to break. And they and found him. he had something, or broken ribs, or something happened to his side. He had some kind of trauma to his side. They found him laying on like a sheet of ice on a... Right, because the falls there were frozen. It was winter. Yeah, it was at the bottom of the so falls it, or yeah, something like that. Yeah, he was like laying that. on, on ice out right at the open. Yeah. Now, did he fall from the falls and that's what killed him? I don't know if they, I don't think they, the coroner had stated he thought it was an accidental fall, but I don't think that's necessarily what went on the record. Again, I don't understand the head trauma wearing a helmet unless he fell from a really high height. Really high height. Head, head first. Uh, which is possible. But again, it still doesn't sure. explain why he was there, how he got there. Sure. So, and and all that would have had to have happened when he got to that point. Otherwise, he'd have never, he'd never make that hike from one side to the other with a broken leg. No. You're never going to make it that far. No. No. I, again, he had cell service. He was a mm-hmm. smart man. He had a right. GPS. He could have just a doctor. that GPS could have just. I mean, I think they checked all that stuff. They worked. Yeah. He had a reception yeah. where he was at. Uh, where they found his yeah, body. Yeah, because they took all that stuff back to the, uh, the place they rented it. And it all worked. I think he still had his survival kit with him. Mm-hmm. But again, so signs of hypothermia, one of the biggest signs of hypothermia is people start taking their clothes off. Why of would you things, take, your bo- take your boots off? I yeah. would take everything but my boots off if I was going to relieve myself of some clothing and I'm out in the mm-hmm. middle of nowhere. I mean, Especially when you're on mountains and rocks. And- I mean, I, I don't get that. Um, and we hear that so much. 
with these things. And and one theory is, is someone said, well, they may have lost their gloves or their gloves wasn't keeping their hands warm enough, so they took their shoes off to put their hands in their boots for a little bit, and then you know they just trudged on without them. I, well, that doesn't make any sense either. Mm-hmm. Why would you take off your boots? Unless your feet were on fire or you thought they were on fire because that's where the – I don't know. I don't get hypothermia. I don't know how it works. I don't understand I, all I, that. I've never had it. I don't, I don't want to be in that situation. But so um, just weird stuff going on here with this guy. Yeah, he had medical supplies in there. Unless he was somewhere where he was stopped for the night and he was just taking his boots off to warm up. Maybe he made a fire, but they didn't find any fire pits or anything. Or maybe he was stopped. Maybe he was surprised by someone or something and didn't have time to put his boots on. I don't know. I don't think they found his boots, did they? Mm-hmm. They never found him because they know the path that he had to take based yeah. on where he was at. Yeah. Based on the time frame of when he became up missing, and um, you know, I know they found him 20 days later. Did he take that long to get from A to B? And when they searched the area the first time, that's why he wasn't there yet? Right. Why wouldn't you call? Why wouldn't you text? Why wouldn't you hit your GPS and say, oh, man, I got to go. I got to turn right here and head south back to camp. Because yeah. yeah. at some point when he was going up over the, the mountains, the peaks, uh, at some point at that top spot, they're going to have cell service. Yeah. They even proved it when they found him. Yeah. And any survivalist knows I know just by watching shows that if you're lost in the woods, the best thing to do is get down to a creek or a mm-hmm. river and follow that to a road. Eventually, yeah. you'll hit something or a town. To go up and down a mountain range isn't isn't going to work for you. Uh, yeah. I thought maybe he was trying to get on top of the mountain to get a look and see where he was at, but you really can't tell. Uh-uh. No, you can't tell distance or anything from there. So when he hit that first creek that you had mentioned, why didn't he just follow it? Follow the flow Mm -hmm. of the river. You know it has to flow back toward probably Vale or wherever he was at. And he, being a survivalist and taking survivalist courses, would have known that. Right. So I don't know that James got to from A to B on his own, if you know what I'm saying. I'm thinking maybe uh, something helped him along the way or took him there. Someone or something. What was that? You know, was the guy? Yeah, that's the thing. Was the guy picked up by a UFO, dropped off five days later, and then just never made it out? Did his? Again, I keep saying maybe his GPS quit working, but they tested. I think they tested that stuff, and it still worked. I only turned the phone on when they found him. That worked. It's almost like the guy wanted himself to perish. It just makes no sense. Mm-hmm. He had a severe head injury and chest injury too. Even with a helmet on, maybe he hit himself so bad. But did they? Yeah, ever I mean those those helmets that they wear—they're not like big motorcycle helmets. I mean, did they ever say I guess that hit a big enough rock hard enough? They ruled it maybe an accidental fall, but they don't know that they ever really said that they thought he fell from those. They yeah. didn't talk about that. Or mm-hmm. I think what it was was the falls were—they weren't huge falls, and I think they kind of tiered, step tiered. So there's really no way to fall down them. You'd have to fall, then walk out, fall to the next ledge, fall to the next ledge. I don't have much more on him other than uh, we can yeah. sit there and speculate about this guy. Um, but it, it just, but that would, that it just doesn't make do sense, yeah. you know? So, yeah, you guys, uh, put your thinking caps on on this one because this is uh, definitely a weird one. 
Yeah, if you guys get a chance, look that guy up. We are going to talk about another another missing here. We're going to talk about Jared Atadero. Jared Atadero. Uh, this is a sad, unfortunate one because he was a kid. Yeah, he went missing October 2nd, 1999. And three. This is in Fort Collins, around the Fort Collins area. So, again, Colorado. He was three years old. Is that what you said, Brian? Yep. Three years old. Three years old at the time. The weird thing is about this, and we'll get into this later, is um, when they interviewed the father about this later on, um, he had pulled out a box of things that were Jared's, and in that box he had um, a toy tank that I think Jared was playing with that day, an Oakland Raiders mm-hmm. hat that he had on, and the top of his son's skull right. is what he had in this box. And we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. So, yes, they found remains of Jared. All they had left. Unfortunately. But the circumstances surrounding this poor kid and his situation is very, very strange. And Jared Adadero went missing on the trail west of Fort Collins in 1999. His father experienced a parent's worst fear when his three-year-old son went missing while hiking with a group in the Big South Trail in Roosevelt National Forest, 60 miles west of Fort Collins. Adding to the case's intrigue, and I don't know if you know this or not, Brian, but adding to the case's intrigue, a search helicopter crashed while looking for Jared. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that part. Yeah. I think all four guys on board survived, but apparently like when they were lifting up, something about they didn't get enough power or something. I don't know what was going on, the wind, oh. and they kind of had to just like jam themselves into the trees. Oh. So that, that kind of put a damper on the search a little bit there. So they go out, they look for this kid, and we'll get into more of that and what happened, what was going on. But then on June 4th, 2003... Four years later, two hikers from Fort Collins stumbled upon, what, 200-plus trained searchers, a water dive team, a dozen dog teams, professional trackers, and a search plane could not. Jared Adadero, or what remained of him. Right. Uh, it's one of Colorado's most infamous unsolved mysteries, uh, emotional story, a story of a grieving father. Basically, Jared and his dad and his sister, I think they owned a... A camping place out there. They had a little, yeah, they had a little store at some uh, resort out there. So they ran that and um, stayed yeah. there. So on Saturday, October second, nineteen ninety nine, Alan Adadero and his children, Jared and his six year old Jocelyn, were um, at the Padre River Resort, owned by Alan and his twin brother Arlen. Yeah. Uh, the kids were anxious to go on an excursion to the nearby state fish hatchery with members of the Christian Singles Network group, of which Alan, who was divorced from the children's mother, was a member. So a Christian group, singles group, comes up to stay at the place. Alan's running. They're going to go on a hike. They take young um, Jared with them, and Alan stays back. Now, they were only supposed to go to that fish place, but they ended up going 15 miles down the road farther to that Big South Trail. Well, they did. Okay. Yeah. They, yeah. just, they changed their minds, huh? Yeah. Okay. So they drove to this place. They, when they came back and got him. They were like, hey, we got to go up here. And he's like, how far? Is it six, 15 miles. And he's like, how? why did you guys go that far? Out in the middle so of the They weren't supposed to go that far. Yeah. Okay. It says Alan was reluctant to let Jared go, but when the group said that they would only be going to the hatchery, <laughs> yeah, I'm reading See? this here, mm-hmm. he consented. But from there, the 11 members of the Christian group uh, decided to take an early afternoon hike up the Big South Trail, 15 miles mm-hmm. west of the resort. Yep. See. 
So it says, uh, though reports vary on what happened next, it is generally believed the group split into faster and slower paced groups in the 11 mile trail. Located right. at 8,000, located at 8,440 feet in the rugged Comanche peak wilderness. Uh, eventually crosses into the Rocky mountain national park. So then about one and a half miles up the trail, it says Jared ran ahead of the group and talked to two fishermen. Who didn't think much about Jared being alone since they told investigators they saw a group about 50 to 80 feet down the trail, according to Larmer County Search and Rescue Report. The last the fishermen saw of Jared, he was walking rapidly up the trail adjacent to the Camp 2 sign, indicating the second of 16 backcountry campsites along the trail. So these fishermen see, see this kid supposedly. Right. And, and they said he'd stop and talk to him. They saw people down the trail come in. They thought he was with that group, and they didn't pay any attention to him, and he went on. Supposedly, right. says so some members of the eleven-person hiking party reported hearing a scream. Uh, Jocelyn, um, Jared's sister, also told her dad that she did too. It says, "What kind of scream was it? It was like somebody getting attacked or somebody playing with someone." He said, "It sounded like a playful scream." Mm-hmm. So, like something startled. You know how you get that startled, scare scream, but you're not, you're not, don't feel like you're in danger. You're just like, oh, you that kind of thing, right? Like a surprise kind of scream. Mm-hmm. Like if he would jump out and scare a little kid. Yep. And he'd yeah. giggle and laugh after he screamed and he got me. It says, after realizing Jared was missing and searching for him for about an hour, two members of the group returned to the resort to tell Alan. Alan jumped in his vehicle, drove to the trailhead, looking for his kid. He was frantic. He realized he wasn't going to find his kid by himself. Um, sheriff's deputy and the Larmer County search and rescue uh, team arrived, followed by more. Alan thought they would find him. Um, but they didn't. And then they hear the helicopter crash on Sunday morning. Um, the helicopter returned. It struggled with the fuel load and mountain conditions and stalled out, falling 100 feet and crashing up the Big South Trail. Aboard were four members of the Air Force and Mark Sheets, a Loveland resident and Larmer County res- uh, search and rescue member. Uh, but I think these guys actually survived. Um, wow. Yeah, that's amazing. That kind of hindered the, the search a little bit, obviously. It says, as the search stretched into the third day, uh, searchers combed over riverbanks and up steep slopes. Dive teams peered into small pools up the narrow, uh, slow-moving river. A plane made passes overhead. Mm-hmm. Uh, theories as to what happened to Jared were expanding from rational possibilities. Killed by a predator, fell behind boulders and died, drowned in the river, to the less plausible but still possible theory of abduction to strange conspiracy theories. Alan and his family were certain that Jared had been abducted because we couldn't find him. Investigators questioned everyone from Alan to the members of the Christian Singles Group to the fishermen who were presumably the last to see Jared. They talked to Alan's ex-wife who was living in San Diego who came up to Colorado after hearing Jared was lost. No red flags. I would have thought those fishermen would have had something to do with it. That, that one right there kind of made me think yeah. a little bit. That's what I was thinking too. Anybody question those fishermen? They did. They didn't feel like they were they were suspicious enough. I guess. I don't. You know what gets me about this is when they found his clothes. They're saying that they think it was a mountain lion that grabbed him, dragged him up the mountain. When they found his clothes, there were no there was no blood. They were not shredded like he was jumped off by a mountain lion. Those guys, those two guys that those two hikers that found him after the search party, you know, they were just up hiking on their own. I think that was four years later, right? I think they found uh, what they found was they found some clothing. I think they found a coat mm-hmm. 
and some pants. The pants were the pants were tattered, and that's why people think that they were done by a mountain lion. But they were inside out, right? Like they were pulled off of him, they were taken off. The holes, the holes, you can say were made by varmints or or insects or something after the fact. Birds, uh, rodents, something making the nesting stuff. Because it was made out of a cotton material that that those animals are like. Again, right. no blood on on the pants. So if people want to say, well, those those are bite marks from a mountain lion. Well, where's the blood? There would be blood there. 100% blood there. And there was no blood. Absolutely. They found his shoes also, right? Yep. His shoes and were his shoes were fine. Almost mint condition. No blood on them. Yeah. Which was weird. And if he was being drug up a mountain, that'd be pretty scuffed up. Yeah. And where they found them were in different locations, tucked near rocks or under rocks or something. Something like they had something right. put it there. But they were they were like didn't look any different than the day yeah, like he, somebody just kicked them off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you'd think weather over four years and being in the woods, those things would look terrible. They'd be black. Yeah. You wouldn't even know barely recognize a shoe. You take a shoe, you set it out in the woods for four years, and you go back. It's not going to look like it did when you took it out of the box or when you were wearing right. them last. There's no right. freaking way. That's what gets exactly. me right there. Those were put there later on. Yeah. And a mountain lion doesn't do that shit. No. Doesn't keep souvenirs and go put them back where he found them or whatever. Right. There's only about one or two things that can do that that I know of. Maybe three. <laughs> Humans, aliens, and maybe Sasquatch. Maybe. There are people who wanted to point out the abduction conspiracy, but nothing fell in line with it because they were saying, how could you capture the kid in the woods in this short a time frame and then have gotten out without anybody seeing you? There's only one easy way out of the narrow canyon, back down the trail. On the day of Jared's appearance, one of the first searchers quickly hiked up to where the snow covered the trail and saw no tracks. Hiking out either side of the narrow canyon would require a climb of 1,000 to nearly 2,000 vertical feet through the thick trees and down logs on a 45-degree slope. So what they're saying is the only way to get in and out of there is on the trail or you're a master of the woods. Right. You had to traverse up and down slope. There was no footprints in the snow alluding to someone going that way. Mm-hmm. So what they're saying is, is no one, if someone did grab him, they didn't come out of here. They didn't leave here. And the only other alternative was deep thicket of woods and yeah. Cliffs. So, kind of leads you back to was not human, right? That's that's the way it comes. And the mountain lion theory, in my mind, is blown out, blown blown out of the water yeah, because there would be blood. Yeah, yeah there would be blood on those clothes. There would have been tissue. There would have been something, some bits and pieces of something. Right. So it says, as the search continued with no signs of Jared, the mountain lion attack theory became officials' prevailing thought. There were mountain lion prints found in the area, but nothing conclusive to indicate Jared might have been killed along the trail. So they did, they did see some tracks. There are mountain lions up there, but oh, they didn't see any, like, where he dragged something off. Or even if he would have carried something, you would have seen mm-hmm. some drag marks of something, his feet or something like that. Yeah, so it says on June 4th, uh, 2003, four years later, Businessmen and hiking partners Gary Watts and Rob Osborne were hiking off trail on the Big South Trail where they stumbled upon a white Tarzan tennis shoe in a tallest slope, 500 vertical feet above the trail. So they found his shoe. Then they 500 found 500 feet above the trail. Yeah. Yeah. So he. Through a boulder field. Right. 
A three-year-old's going to make that climb. Yeah, no. Uh, they found the other shoe, a brown fleece jacket and blue sweatpants turned inside out. One pant leg was mostly scattered by birds using the material in their nest. So it says right there, they know birds were picking at his pants, and that's why it was tattered and had holes in it. Right. Um, it says Watson Osborne knew instantly what they had discovered. Uh, once we saw the clothes, I knew we knew exactly what happened to him. They say a mountain lion killed him. But again, no blood on the clothes. I, d- I don't get how that happens. Um, you know, uh, let's just say for the sake that it was a mountain lion. If a mountain lion is going to attack anything, especially a three-year-old kid, it's not going to like drag him around for a while and then kill him and eat him later. And there's yeah. going to be blood. Probably a lot of blood. A mountain lion is not going to peel your clothes off. No. To your bare skin so it can eat you. Mm-hmm. It's just going to go He's at gonna it. Rip. It's going to rip yeah. and tear. It's, those pants would have been in a lot worse shape than they were. They would have had blood on them. His coat would have been the same way. His shoes would have had blood on them. Right. And and I keep going back to the shoe thing. That is so weird to me because they were in like great condition when they found them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying they weren't dirty, but you know what happens to dirty. something you leave set outside for four years in the woods. I don't care what it is. Especially a shoe. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be weathered. Searchers also found later on on a log his this is weird part. skull cap and a tooth. I, I believe that shit later on. And that was also in an area they had searched prior and that wasn't there then. Right. You know, when these guys go out searching for stuff, they're looking hot and heavy and they're looking at everything, you know, and oh, they're yeah. gonna know, yeah, I looked there. I know mm-hmm. I looked there. Mm-hmm. That was not there before. You're talking about people's lives, a three-year-old kid's lives. You're going to pay attention. You're going to look if you're searching for somebody. That's your job. Absolutely. It says DNA test found that um, they were Jared's. Um, they had to wait till DNA technology improved, but they said they were 100% Jared's remains. According to Larmer County Search and Rescue Report, searchers on foot had never made it to the 9,100 elevation at Jared's. Oh, I'm sorry. Jared's skull and tooth were found at 9,120 feet elevation. The Air Force helicopter would have likely searched the area had it not crashed. Well, you're not going to see a climb. You're not going to see a skull and a tooth in a helicopter, but 9,000 feet up. So where they found his clothes and shoes, completely different where they found his skull and his... That was only 500 feet up. Yeah. So you go another 9,000 feet up. Is that what I'm reading here? Mm-hmm. And then they find a skull on the so yeah, I don't Weird. know, man. I don't know. It and it wasn't weird. under a log. It wasn't behind a log. It wasn't hidden. It was on top of the log, placed like it was placed there. Mm-hmm. So again, let's say for the sake of whatever, it was a mountain lion. He takes the kid up five hundred feet, does his business. Does he take the remains on up 9,000 feet and finish him off and then decide it's going to place the skull and the tooth on a log beside each other? <laughs> Did it throw Jared on the log and just eat him right there? And that's what, no, there would have been other remains there. No, there would have been more than just that. Something placed those there. So again, you want to go back to, okay. Someone or something. Someone or something. Be fair. Could have been someone. What is a dude doing up there 9,000 feet? Mm-hmm. Dropping off shoes here, dropping off a skull and a tooth here, and why? I know people are sick and demented, but it just doesn't add up. Right. Again, yeah, and it does. there was no tracks going out 
or in, mm-hmm. or people didn't pass anybody. So right. whatever whatever took Jared had to go up that boulder cliff or whatever. No man can climb that cliff. And who knows? And I and I hate to say this, but I'm gonna. And who knows what they're hiding from their findings? You know what I mean? Yep. I know exactly what you mean. Who knows what they're not telling us? I know exactly what you mean. I think you so, and I both feel the same that there are. I'm not taking anything away from the search and rescue people. They do a fantastic job. God bless. Them. But who knows what the authorities aren't telling, aren't letting out. You yeah. Know? Yep. And by no means are we trying to, you know, ridicule anything this or bring this up or, right. or, um, you know, upset the families of, of these of these people. We're just trying oh, to no, make. That's the last thing we want to do. Right. We're, just, We're trying to help make make people more aware of these. Um, these missing abductions that are strange. You cannot right. pinpoint down that a human did this. In mm-hmm. fact, it doesn't say or point to humans doing it. It, it points to something else, something much more right. agile, uh, powerful, what have you. If a person did this to anybody, let alone this poor kid, why would mm-hmm. he leave any evidence? They wouldn't. You wouldn't. You wouldn't leave shoes. You wouldn't leave clothes. You wouldn't nope. put a skull cap and a tooth on a on a log. On a log and leave it. Yeah. Unless you're just a sick, twisted asshole, right? Right. Yep. Again, okay. So you say, well, I was drug off by a bear or a mountain lion. Well, then where's the blood? All right. Where's any kind of tissue nothing, that would be ripped off a body? Nothing punctured those pants. Enough, but not enough to puncture skin. And again, the pants were inside exactly. out, so they were taken off him somehow, some way. Could it be Bigfoot creatures, Sasquatch creatures? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely it could. I don't want to look at these things as being deadly or, or this way, but it is very possible because you cannot tie this back to this is an unsolved case. All these cases. Right, exactly. Yeah, all of them. Uh, and maybe... And we talked about this before. It could have been uh, maybe the Sasquatch lost a child and they're trying to replace it. Who knows? Could be. You want to think that these creatures, if this is happening, you want to think these creatures are, are more docile and more caring for, for others, so to speak, or more you know human-like in that aspect. But you just don't know. They are If they're out there, they are animals, right? Yeah. They are animals, and they're curious. They're wild animals. Yeah. I mean, I've said this before. They, they don't know anything about us. No. They're just as curious about us as we are about them. Dude, if you and me were running around in the woods and a baby Sasquatch was right there in front of us, what do you think we're going to do? Grab it. Let's take it. <laughs> yeah. Let's raise it as our own. Let's see what we can do. Let's see what this thing is. Absolutely. What does it eat? We don't know. Right. Those things are the human child. They don't know. What's, what's this kid going to live on, you know? Yeah. Their gut is our gut is totally different than I'm guessing theirs. And this is the second story we've done on a a, a child abduction on these missing series too. So it's more yeah. common um than not. But you know, we've got we've got more missing episodes coming up. We've got more guys to talk about. Again, if you guys have any ideas what could have happened to either one of these folks, James or Jared, uh right. you know, email and let us know what, what you what your what your thoughts right. are. Um, and again, we're not we're not trying to say, you know, what what happened? We're just throwing theories out there yeah. and uh, you know making people think and hopefully yeah hopefully something will come of it. If not, they'll stay unsolved. I'd love for anything for people to listen to these episodes and help 
solve a mystery. Oh yeah, that'd be, that'd be amazing. You know, somebody might know something or, or whatever. And we're only going by the information that we have. We weren't there. We weren't on the search party. Right. Right. You know, we're going by what we've read or what we've heard or seen. So, for all we know, we don't have all the information, but it's just enough to make it really, really mysterious and uh, doesn't add up. So yeah. that's why we're here yeah. doing this. And there are okay. possibilities that there could be things out there yeah. that people aren't aware of that are abducting people. And if you don't know what you're protecting yourself against, how do you do it? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Thanks, everyone, again for the listens. We appreciate it. Yeah, man. We appreciate it a lot. If you guys have had an encounter, as we always say, get a hold of us, email us, info at cryptidcreatures.co. Where else can they find us at, Brian? Um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Reddit. Reddit. Go join our group page on Facebook and be a member there and hang out with us and uh, share your stories. Yeah, if you don't want to come on and tell your story, that's fine. Uh, Send it to us and we'll read it. Or if you don't mind if you read it online. Email it to us. Instagrams, uh, Facebook us, get it to us somehow. We'll read it. I got a couple here beside me that we can that we're going to do one of these days. Yep, we are going to do some um, reading, some um, encounters of people who chose not to come on. We're going to do a show on that. We're going to do more missing episodes, and we're also going to come up. We're going to do a live show pretty soon, right, Brian? Yes, that's the plan. So we want to get your guys' feedback on that. If you're in the uh, southwest, lower Michigan, northern central Indiana region around that area or even if you're in Illinois and you want to drive over here let us know let us know what you think about yep. coming out for a live show and hanging out with us for an hour or two yep there's, if there's enough people in the area and we can get enough people to show up we can get a place and we can hang out and uh, that's right. and find a fine establishment that serves everything that's needed and uh, we can do uh, a show we're also going to do an online um, live show too right yeah Brian? we're going to do an online one too for all of our, our people around the world so everybody can join in We'll announce that out there um, either on an episode once we know for sure. Probably definitely announce it on Facebook and on our group page and on Reddit. Everywhere out there we'll announce it. But we'll we'll be online here and people can come on um, and click on the feed and they can hang out and message. And if they want to talk, we can bring them on the screen to talk and, and just chit chat with yeah, different people absolutely. about different things i think that would be great and you can you'll be able to put in you know just the regular old comments and read those too yep so we can talk about anything as long as it respectful. yeah yeah we can talk about anything cryptid um or whatever yeah. we'll yeah. talk about some football we'll talk about uh, paranormal cryptid yeah football we like football <laughs> baseball season hopefully, hopefully more paranormal cryptid that's what we're shooting for and we've got right. some stories right. to read and brian we got a couple good jokes that we can tell we do can't wait you guys will laugh your throw those out there definitely so that's right because we are hilarious we are (laughs) anyway hope you guys enjoyed the show brian appreciate it man as always as always always a good time all right until next time you take care brother and we'll talk to you soon all right man see ya